Good morning, children. It is 5.30, it's a Monday. I'm just waiting for my coffee to be made. My office Keurig. Anyways. Reading numbers 26. That's another census. It's a warring census. See how many warriors there are in Israel. <coughs> and, um, I, you know, I didn't read a little bit further to see what else happens. I know there's other stuff than just how many people of certain, um, certain age were there. So. Overall, numbers has surprised me. I thought it was just a book about, like, the census. But a lot of things have happened. The Israelites are on the move, so to speak. So that's interesting to I me. Mean, it's, it's all fascinating. Today I'm reading from the Archaeological Study Bible. This is probably my favorite Bible. It's my own. It's the one that I bought myself. It's, it's really is one of my favorites. Nearly every other page has some type of article about biblical archaeology. And... Uh, it's great. Let's see. Just like little, you know, like archaeological um, places where they where they um, do research, essentially proving that stories in the Bible actually existed. It's almost like an apologetics Bible. And the translation is NIV. So I apologize for the <clears throat> continuity issues. Just looking ahead, just to see how far we're going to go. Didn't do a lot of highlights on this one. I, I love this Bible. I, I, I give it out to a lot of people. It's just so fascinating. I actually took it to Egypt. And they have this long article about who they believe the Pharaoh during Moses' time was. They narrowed it down to a few. And... Uh, and I memorized the names when we went to the National Museum in Cairo there is a special exhibit that costs extra money and of course I'm going to pay it to see the actual mummies the pharaoh mummies they're their faces yeah, I mean they're completely uncovered so I'm confident that when we went to Egypt and we went into that museum we actually saw the face of the pharaoh that dealt with Moses and God. Blew my mind. Today I'm... It's Monday, so I'm riding bikes with the entrepreneur. Taking her to school. Got some clients later. And let's see, what else are we going to do? What else? What else do we have planned today? Not much. Not much. I'm at the office, so I'm just frazzled looking at stuff I have to do. And uh, Anyways, so let's see. Numbers 26. After the plague, the Lord said to Moses and El Eliezer. Uh, you guys must be just laughing every time I say Eliezer. Eliezer? Eliezer? Uh, I just cannot say that. Son of Aaron, the priest. 
Take a census of the whole Israelite community by families, all those 20 years old or more who are able to serve in the army of Israel. So on the plains of Moab, by the Jordan across from Jericho, Moses and Eliezer, the priests, spoke with them and said, Take a census of the men 20 years old or more, as the Lord commanded Moses. These were the Israelites who came out of Egypt. The descendants of Reuben, the firstborn son of Israel, were through Hanok and... Oh, cool. So it's kind of it's like a... Um, Genealogy. So, the descendants of Reuben, the firstborn son of Israel, were through Hanok, the Hanakite clan, <coughs> through Palu, the Paluite clan, through Hezron, the Hezronite clan, through Carmi, the Carmite clan. These were the clans of Reuben, whose numbers were forty-three thousand seven hundred thirty. The son of Palu was Eliab. The sons of Eliab were Nemuel, Dathan, Ab- Abiram. The same Dathan and Abiram were the community officials who rebelled against Moses and Aaron. And were among Korah's followers, and they rebelled against the Lord. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them along with Korah, whose followers died when the fire devoured the 250 men, and they served as a warning sign. The line of Korah, however, did not die out. The descendants of Simeon were their clans, uh, or by their clans were, through Nemuel, the Nemuelite clan, through Jamin, the Jamanite clan, through Jacob, the Jaconite clan, and through Zerah, the Zerahite clan. Through Shaul, the Shaulite clan, those were the clans of Simeon, there were 22,200 men. The descendants of Gad by their clans were through Zephon, the Zephonite clan, through Haggai, the Haggai clan, through Shuni, the Shunite clan, and through Ozni, the Oznite clan, through Eri, the Erite clan, through Eridai, the Eridite clan, through Erli, the Erlite clan. These are the clans of Gad. Those numbers were 40,500. Ur and Onan were the sons of Judah, but they died in Canaan. The descendants of Judah by their clans were through Shelah, the Shilonite clan, through Perez, the Perizzite clan, through Zerah, the Zerahite clan. The descendants of Perez were through Hezron, the Hezronite clan, and through Hamuel, the Hamulite clan. These were the clans of Judah. Those numbered were 76,500. Very prolific in Judah. The descendants of Issachar by their clans were through Tola, the Tolaite clan, through Pau, the Puite clan, through Jashub, the Jashubite clan, through Shimron, the Shimronite clan. These were the clans of Issachar. Those numbered were 64,300. The descendants of Zebulun by their clans were through Zerah, the Zeradite clan, through Elon, the Elanite clan, through Jahileel, the Jahileelite clan. These were the clans of Zebulun. Those numbered were 60,500. The descendants of Joseph by their clans through Manasseh and Ephraim were the descendants of Manasseh, through Machir, the Machirite clan. Machir was the father of Gilead. Through Gilead, the Giladite clan. These were the descendants of Gilead. Through Ezer, Ezerite clan, the Israel clan. Through Helic, the Helicite clan. Through Ezreal, the Ezraelite clan. Through Shechem, the Shechemite clan. Through Shemida, the Shem... Shemadite clan, through Hefer, the Heferite clan. <clears throat> Zelophehad, son of Hefer, had no sons. He only he had only daughters whose names were Malah, Noah, Hogalah, Mik, Milcah, and Tirza. These were the clans of Manasseh, whose those numbers were fifty two thousand seven hundred. These were the descendants of Ephraim by their clans, through Shethla, the through Shethela, the Shethelahite clan, 
through Becker, the Beckerite clan, and through Tehan, the Tehanite clan. These are the descendants of Shethela through Aaron and Aaronite clan. These are the clans of Ephraim. Those number were 32,500. These are the descendants of Joseph by their clans. The descendants of Benjamin by their clans were through Bela, the Belai clan, through Ashbel, the Ashbelite clan, through Ahiram, the Ahiramite clan, through Shufam, the Shufamite clan, and through Hufam, the Hufamite clan. <clears throat> The descendants of Bela through And, through Ard, and Naaman were through Ard, the Ardite clan, through Naaman, the Naamite clan. These are the clans of Benjamin, those numbered 45,000. These were the descendants of Dan by their clans, through Shuham, the Shuhamite clan. These are the clans of Dan. All of them were Shuhamite clans, and all those numbered 64,400. The descendants of Asher by their clans were through Imna, the Imnite clan, through Ishvi, the Ishvite clan, through Beria, the Beerite clan, and through the descendants of Beriah, through Heber, the Heberite clan, through Malkiel, the Malkielite clan, Asher had a daughter named Sirah. These were the clans of Asher, those numbered were 53,400. The descendants of Naphtali were the clan, by their clans were through Jezeel, the Jezeelite clan, through Guni, the Gunite clan through Jezer, the Jezerite clan, and through Shilam, the Shilamite clan. These are the clans of Naphtali. Those numbers were 45,400. The total number of the men of Israel was 601,730. The Lord said to Moses, The land is to be allotted to them as an inheritance based on the number of names. To a larger group, give a larger inheritance, and to a smaller group, a smaller one. Each is to receive its inheritance according to the number of those listed. Be sure that the land is distributed by lot. What each group inherits will be according to the names for its ancestral tribe. Ancestral tribe. Each inheritance is to be distributed by lot among the larger and smaller groups. These were the Levites who were counted by their clans. Through Gershon, the Gershonite clan. Through Kohath, the Kohathite clan. Through Merari, the Merarite clan. These were also Levite clans. Libnite clan, the Hebronite clan, the Malite clan, the Mushite clan and the Korahite clan. Kohath was the father of Amram. The name of Amram's wife was Joshabed, a descendant of Levi, who was born to the Levites in Egypt. To Amram, she bore Aaron, Moses, and their sister Miriam. Aaron was the father of Nadab and Abihu, Eliezer and Ithamar. But Nadab and Abihu died when they made an offering before the Lord with unauthorized fire. Um, you know, that's, I think that's the first time they, is it the first time? Well, it's the first time in this book they mention uh, Moses' his, um, lineage, in a way, and who his mother was. Yeah, take a sip of some coffee. Make myself up. Excuse me. These are the ones counted by Moses and Eliezer the priest, when they counted the Israelites on the plains of Moab, by the Jordan across from Jericho. Not one of them was among the, those counted by Moses and Aaron, the priest, when they counted the Israelites in the desert of Sinai. For the Lord had told those Israelites they would surely die in the desert, and not one of them was left except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. Chapter 27 
The daughters of Zelophehad, son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Macher, the son of Manasseh, belonged to the clans of Manasseh, son of Joseph. The names of the daughters were Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Tirzah. They approached the entrance of the tent meeting and stood before Moses, Eleazar, the priest, the leaders, and the whole assembly, and said, Our father died in the desert. He was not among Korah's followers who banded together against the Lord, but he died for his own sin and left no sons. Why should our father's name disappear from his clan? Because he had no son. Give us property among our father's relatives. So Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord said to him, What Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. You must certainly give the property as an inheritance among their father's relatives and turn their father's inheritance over to them. Say to the Israelites, If a man dies and leaves no son, turn his inheritance over to his daughter. If he has no daughter, give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his father's brothers. If his father had no brothers, give his inheritance to the nearest relative in his clan, that he may possess it. This is to be a legal requirement for the Israelites, as the Lord commanded Moses. <laughs> oh, that's called intestate succession, by the way. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's great. Hang on, I'm going to write that down. Give me a second. <laughs> There's 27... <laughs> Eight through eleven. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh boy, that's the first. That's like the first. Um, that might be the first instance of intestate succession in literature. Oh. All right, sorry. Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, "Go up this mountain in the Abiram range and see the land I have given the Israelites. After you've seen it, you too will be gathered to your people, as your brother Aaron was." For when the community rebelled at the waters of the desert of Zin, both of you disobeyed my command to honor me as holy before their eyes. These were the waters of Meribah, Kadesh, in the desert of Zin. Moses said to the Lord, May the Lord, the God of the spirits of all mankind, appoint a man over this community to go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in, so the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eleazar, the priest, and, and the entire assembly, and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority, so the whole Israelite community will obey him. He is to stand before Eleazar, the priest, who will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Urim before the Lord. At his command, he and the entire community of the Israelites will go out. As his command, they will come in. Moses did as the Lord commanded, he took Joshua and had him stand before Eliezer the priest and the whole assembly. Then he laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord instructed through Moses. Let me take another step. Very rich. Like one thing is intestate succession, the other part is Moses' succession with Joshua. I love that. I love the succession. I love how God ordained it. That's a, that's pretty much how ordination happens, or yeah, uh, at least at our church. But I'm, again, I'm not an expert, so let me see where we are. See what the timing is. I would love to get through twenty nine. Yeah, get through twenty nine. Yeah, not too bad. How are we? Fifteen minutes. We're good. I gotta leave um, soon, just to. Um, Uh, just so I could get home in time, because I walked. So, 
And one centimeter, of course, I'm like. Let's see, sorry. Chapter 28. The Lord said to Moses, Give this command to the Israelites and say to them, See that you present to me at the appointed time the food for my offerings made by fire as an aroma pleasing to me. Say to them, This is the offering made by fire that you are to present to the Lord. Two lambs, a year old without defect, as a regular burnt offering each day. Prepare one lamb in the morning and the other at twilight, together with a grain offering of a tenth of an ephah, of fine flour mixed with quarter of a hen of oil from pressed olives. This is the regular burnt offering instituted at Mount Sinai as a pleasing aroma, an offering made to the Lord by fire. The accompanying drink offering is to be a quarter of a hen of fermented drink with each lamb. Pour out the drink offering to the Lord at the sanctuary. Prepare the second lamb at twilight along with the same kind of grain offering and drink offering that you prepare in the morning. This is an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. On the Sabbath day, make an offering of two lambs, a year old, without defect, together with its drink offering and a grain offering of two-tenths of an ephah, of fine flour mixed with oil. This is the burnt offering for every Sabbath, in addition to the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. On the first of every month, present to the Lord a burnt offering of two young bulls, one ram, and seven male lambs, a year old, all without defect. With each bull, there is to be a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah, of fine flour mixed with oil, with a ram, a grain offering of two-tenths of an ephah, of fine flour mixed with oil, and with each lamb, a grain offering of a tenth of an ephah, of fine flour mixed with oil. This is for a burnt offering, a pleasing aroma, an offering made to the Lord by fire. With each bull, there is to be a drink offering of half a hen of wine with the ram, a third of a hen with each lamb, a quarter of a hen. This is the monthly burnt offering to be made at each new moon during the year. Besides the regular burnt offering with its drink offering, one male goat is to be presented to the Lord as a sin offering. On the fourteenth day of the first month of the Lord's Passover is to be held. On the fifteenth day of this month there is to be a festival. For seven days eat bread made without yeast. On the first day hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. Present to the Lord an offering made by fire. A burnt bull, prepare a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah, of fine flour mixed with oil, with a ram, <clears throat> two-tenths, and with each of the seven lambs, one-tenth. Include one male goat as a sin offering to make atonement for you. Prepare these in addition to the regular morning burnt offering. In this way, prepare the food of the offering made by fire every day for seven days as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. It is to be prepared in addition to the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. On the seventh day, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. On the day of first fruits, when you present to the Lord an offering of the new grain during the Feast of Weeks, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. Present a burnt offering of two young bulls, one ram, and seven male lambs a year, uh, excuse me, and seven male lambs a year old as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. With each bull, there is to be a grain offering of three tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, with a ram two-tenths, and with each of the seven lambs, one-tenth. Include one male goat to make atonement for you. Prepare these together with their drink offerings in addition to the regular burnt offering and its grain offering. Be sure the animals are without defect. (coughs) Chapter 29. On the first day of the seventh month, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. 
It is a day for you to sound the trumpets. As an aroma pleasing to the Lord, prepare a burnt offering of one young bull, one ram, and seven male lambs, a year old, all without defect. With the bull, prepare a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, one ram, two-tenths, and with each of the seven lambs, one-tenth. Include one male goat as a sin offering to make atonement for you. These are in addition to the monthly and daily burnt offerings, with their grain offerings and drink offerings as specified. They are offerings made to the Lord by fire, a pleasing aroma. On the tenth day of the seventh month, hold a sacred assembly. You must deny yourselves and do no work. Present an, as an aroma pleasing to the Lord a burnt offering of one young bull, one ram, and seven male lambs, a year old, all without defect. With the bull, prepare a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil. With the ram, two-tenths, and with each of the seven lambs, one-tenth. Include one male goat as a sin offering, in addition to the sin offering for atonement and for regular burnt offering, with its grain offering and their drink offerings. On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. Excuse me, sorry. Celebrate a festival to the Lord for seven days. Present an offering made by fire as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. A burnt offering of thirteen young bulls, two rams, and fourteen male lambs, a year old, all without defect. With each of the thirteen bulls, prepare a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil. With each of the two rams, two-tenths, and with each of the fourteen lambs, one-tenth. Include one male goat as a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain offering and drink offering. On the second day, prepare twelve young bulls, two rams, and fourteen male lambs, a year old, all without defect. With the bulls... Rams and lambs prepare their grain offering and drink offerings according to the number specified. Include one male goat as a sin offering in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain offering and their drink offerings. On the third day, prepare 11 bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, and a year old, all without defect. With the bulls, rams, and lambs, prepare their grain offerings and drink offerings according to the number specified. Include one male goat as a sin offering in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain offering and drink offering. On the fourth day, prepare ten bulls, two rams, and fourteen male lambs, a year old, all without defect. With the bulls, rams, and lambs, prepare their grain offering and drink offerings according to the number specified. Include one male goat as a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain offering and drink offering. On the fifth day, prepare nine bulls, two rams, and fourteen lambs, a year old, all without defect. With the bulls... Uh, Rams and lambs prepare their grain offerings and drink offerings according to the number specified. Include one male goat as a sin offering in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain offering and drink offering. On the sixth day, prepare eight bulls, two rams and fourteen lambs a year old, all without defect. With the bulls, rams, and lambs prepare their grain offerings and drink offerings according to the number specified. Include one male goat as a sin offering in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain offering and drink offering. On the seventh day, prepare seven bulls, two rams, and fourteen male lambs, a year old, all without defect. With the bulls, rams, and lambs, prepare their grain offering and drink offerings according to the number specified. Include one male goat as a sin offering in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain offering and drink offering. On the eighth day, hold an assembly and do no regular work. Present an offering made by fire as an aroma pleasing to the Lord, a burnt offering of one bull, one ram, and seven male lambs a year old without defect. With the bull, ram, and lambs, prepare their grain offerings and drink offerings according to the number specified. Include one male goat as a sin offering in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain offering and drink offering. 
In addition to what you vow and your free will offerings, prepare these for the Lord at your appointed feasts, your burnt offerings, grain offerings, drink offerings, and fellowship offerings. Moses told the Israelites all that the Lord commanded. I think we can get to chapter 30, because it's kind of a short chapter. Yeah, we probably won't go to 31. My voice is scratching. Apologize. Chapter 30. Moses said to the heads of the tribes of Israel, This is what the Lord commands. When a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything he said. When a young woman still living in her father's house makes a vow to the Lord or obligates herself by pledge and her father hears about her vow or pledge but says nothing to her, then all her vows and every pledge by which she obligated herself will stand. But if her father forbids her when he hears about it, none of her vows or the pledges by which she obligated herself will stand. The Lord will release her because her father has forbidden her. <clears throat> if she mar- oh god, it's like fiddling on the roof. If she marries after she makes a vow, or after her lips utter a rash promise by which she obligates herself, and her husband hears about it but says nothing to her, then her vows or her pledges by which she obligates herself will stand. But if her husband forbids her when she when he hears about it, he nullifies the vow that obligates her, or the rash promise by which she obligates herself, and the Lord will release her. Any vow or obligation taken by a widow or divorced woman will be binding on her. If a woman living with her husband makes a vow or obligates herself by pledge or oath, uh, by a pledge on her oath, and her husband hears about it but says nothing to her, but uh, and does not forbid her, then all her vows and pledges by which she obligates herself will stand. But if her husband nullifies them when he hears about them, then none of the vows or pledges that came from her lips will stand. Her husband has nullified them, and the Lord will release her. Her husband may confirm or nullify any vow she makes, or any sworn pledge to deny herself. But if her husband says nothing to her about it from day to day, then he confirms all her vows or pledges binding on her. He confirms them by saying nothing to her when he hears about them. If, however, he nullifies them sometime after he hears about them, then is responsible for her guilt. These are the regulations the Lord gave Moses concerning relationships between a man and his wife, and between a father and his young daughter still living in his house. Oh, what hell? A lot to unpack there. A lot to unpack. I, I just think of... I think of Fiddler on the Roof, like that last chapter, I think of Fiddler on the Roof, where, and, and I'm sure you're familiar because I made you guys watch it so many times, where Seidel um, <laughs> tells her dad, uh, Reptevia, that they gave each other a pledge. <laughs> and he's incredulous. He's like, they gave each other a pledge? Unheard of. Absurd. And I'm not going to go into the singing, but... Uh, we're, it's a family that is traditional Jewish. And so, really, and I feel it's so funny, I'm talking about Fiddler on the Roof, by Reptevia not forbidding her um, from that pledge and agreeing to it, he has allowed her to get married. He doesn't say, I forbid it. He's, he was just incredulous. Um, so anyways, other things to unpack. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of scripture with, about rules and sacrifices and festivals and celebrations and offerings sin offerings um, food offerings sacrifice offerings fellowship offerings and I would 
I, I don't know a lot about traditional Jewish customs. It might seem monotonous that we're, we're listening to these... They're very poetic, but very, very repetitive sentences. And my best understanding is it gives the Israelites a formula for understanding some type of salvation and understanding how, what sets them apart and their devotion to God. That being said, there are, I just threw some paper clips in the wastebasket. Of course it made that loud noise. There are a lot of complications with sacrifices and it seems nearly impossible to keep up with it. But in that day and age, that's how they dealt with sin. It was a very harsh time. One pastor once explained covenants. Excuse me, covenants. And there are a lot of covenants between God and the Israelites. A lot. There's like, I think, four or five um, covenants where God says, if you do this, I will always be with you. And then they follow that up. Eventually, God makes a covenant that says, if you believe in me, I will always be with you. That's the final one. So, I think understanding the weight of these covenants and the fact that they just could not be kept shows how much God loves us, that, that God came down to be sacrificed as a perfect lamb. These chapters whisper the name of Jesus Christ, and even though, and it's, and I, I'm, con- I feel convicted. I don't want to read these repetitive things over and over again. Even, like today, traditional Jewish people aren't sacrificing bulls and rams and lambs, um, and burning it as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. I actually don't know what they're doing. I really don't. I should, I should find out. Anyways. Anyways, sorry, rambling a little bit, but it's important that you understand the weight of the final covenant that God made with us, because all the other covenants before were follow my covenants, and in order to be holy in my eyes, you need to slaughter this animal or these animals and burn them a certain way. But the final covenant was, if you break the covenant, which we all do, I'll allow myself to be slaughtered. And that happened. And guess what? The grave could not hold our God. So I'm going to wrap today's podcast up. And I'll just tell you that I love you. I can't wait to hang out with you guys later. I wonder what kind of shenanigans we get into. And... I miss you. I'm at the office. I'm going to walk home because I really miss you guys. And, and in everything you do, do it for the kingdom and our king.
Thanksgiving and the feast A call to give and to serve and serve 